0: Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. In the previous episode in this series on the Olivet Discourse, we looked at Jesus' return and how it will be dramatic and unmistakable. We covered how every eye will see him when he descends to earth in power and glory to the piercing sound of a trumpet. But what will happen in the immediate aftermath of Christ's second coming? You know, there are many ideas about what Jesus will do after he returns. Some believe he will return for just a short period of time and then return back up to heaven, either leaving the earth inhabited by mortals, some believe that, or, as others believe, destroying it completely. Some refer to this as the end of the world. But as we'll see, Jesus' return is not the end of the world in the sense of the end of the planet Earth. It will be the end of one age, or epoch, and the beginning of a new one, but not the end of the world in general. But Jesus didn't cover everything that will happen immediately after his return in the Olivet Discourse. Some of those details we have to piece together from other parts of the Bible. But he did discuss two major things that will occur almost immediately after he returns. We'll examine those two events in this episode. The first detail Jesus gave about what will happen after he comes back is found in Matthew 24, verse 30. Let's read that. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. That refers to the returning Jesus Christ appearing visually in the clouds, in the atmosphere. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Despite the fact that Jesus is actually returning as the ultimate liberator, he will not be greeted that way. Instead, he is actually going to be viewed as a threat. That's sad and that's tragic, but that's what the prophecy says. Let's consider why he might be viewed as a threat. Consider that before his second coming, the world is going to experience frightening and destructive times. Part of the frightening and destructive times will be cosmic disturbances. The book of Revelation describes the stars of heaven falling to the earth in Revelation 6 verse 13. That's likely a reference to intense meteor showers. This will cause people to fearfully take cover under rocks and caves just to preserve their life. Needless to say, after experiencing this, people will be very terrified of anything that comes from the sky, especially a being who will be introduced by an ear-piercing noise and who will look unlike anything anyone has ever seen before. Another reason is they won't even recognize him as Jesus Christ. Think about When most people think of Jesus Christ, what image do they have in their head? Well, they think of the images of Jesus we see in art in the movies. He usually is, is kind of a soft man with long hair and a beard, and also Caucasian. But that's not how Jesus is going to look when he returns. That's not what the real Jesus looked like, and that's not what the spiritually powerful returning Jesus Christ is going to look like. Jesus will appear as an immensely powerful and radiant being. In fact, you can read a description of what his appearance is like now in his glorified form in Revelation chapter 1, verses 13-16 through 16, and Revelation 19, verses 12-15. through 15. He will look nothing like anybody thinks he looks. Some people may even think he's some sort of alien invading the earth from outer space. But the people on earth aren't just going to be mourning or cowering in fear at his coming. The book of Revelation actually describes a human effort to launch a military counterattack against him. Literally, human armies will try to make war with the returning Jesus Christ. We read in Revelation 19 verse 19 that they joined together to make war against him who sat on the horse. That's Jesus Christ. But we also read that this counterattack will fail miserably. It won't last very long as Jesus will quickly destroy these armies and its leaders. They will be no match for the power of their returning creator. Jesus is coming to liberate the world from sin, from the beast, from evil, from Satan, and bring peace. But in order to do that, first he'll have to fight against those nations that come against him, and that try to resist him, Zechariah 14 verse 3, and also Revelation 19 verse 11 talk about that. Sadly, to bring peace, he will first have to bring war. A sad truth is that sometimes human beings only understand superior force, and Jesus will use superior spiritual force to defeat these armies and to establish himself as the most powerful being on earth, the new ruler, the new king of kings. Let's move on now to the second detail Jesus gave in the Olivet Discourse about what happens after he returns. We find that in Matthew 24, verse 31. We read, And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. This is really one of the most encouraging verses in the entire Olivet Discourse. As Jesus is descending to earth, he'll be followed by an army of angels from heaven. These angels who follow Christ as he descends down to earth will be responsible for going out and gathering God's faithful saints, those who are scattered throughout the earth. This gathering will include all of God's faithful people, both past and present. The Apostle Paul gave more details about this in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, another very encouraging prophecy. The Apostle Paul writes, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So in this verse, we see two groups of people who will be gathered and caught up at Christ's return. Let's examine who those two groups are. The first one is called the dead in Christ. This first group is God's faithful people who are slumbering in the sleep of death. The Bible shows that the dead are unconscious, sleeping in their graves. They're not in heaven or in hell. And when he returns, the dead in Christ, those who are Christians, those who were faithful to God, will be raised to life. They will be raised and given new spiritual bodies. Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. The dead will be raised incorruptible. Incorruptible means they will no longer be subject to death and decay. Now let's look at the second group that Paul talks about, we who are alive and remain. This second group describes God's people who will be alive when Jesus Christ returns. After the dead and Christ rise, God's living saints will rise too, rise into the air, and will also experience the same transformation from flesh to spirit. Together, God's faithful people from all ages will meet the Lord in the air. Romans 8 verse 17 tells us that God's people will be glorified together. Jesus gave an interesting short description of what this will be like in Matthew 24 verses 40 through 41, also a part of the Olivet Discourse. He said, Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other left. What this describes is two people working together somewhere on earth, one a Christian following the teachings of Christ, and another an unbeliever. When the trumpet sounds, the authentic Christian will rise in the air to be changed and meet Christ. Now Jesus' description of one will be taken and the other left has caused some confusion that we have to address. Some use these verses as proof texts for a secret rapture. The popular Left Behind book series and movie series gets its name from this passage. The idea is that taken Christians disappear because they're raptured to heaven, causing unbelievers to be left behind to face the tribulation. But that is not at all what Christ is talking about here. We can prove that very simply because the rapture supposedly happens before the tribulation. But these verses here, in verses 40 through 41 of the Olivet Discourse, describe something that happens after the coming of the Son of Man, after the tribulation. This is something that occurs when Jesus Christ visually returns, not something that happens in some secret return before the tribulation. Also note that Jesus simply said that one will be taken. He said nothing about this person vanishing into thin air and going off into heaven. Now, we don't have the time in this episode to get into the theory of the rapture, but you can look on Life, Hope, and Truth and read our article, Did Jesus Teach the Rapture?, for more information on that subject. When we place Jesus' statement in the context of the rest of the Olivet Discourse and other scriptures, it's clear what he's describing. As Jesus descends to earth at his coming, he'll gather his saints wherever they are on earth. When the trumpet is sounded, it doesn't matter what they're doing or where they are, they will be taken up into the clouds to meet the returning king. But what happens after the saints meet Christ? The saints aren't going to remain just floating in the clouds above the earth, and they're not going up to heaven. We are told that they will be with the Lord forever from this point forward in First Thessalonians 4.17. So wherever Jesus is, that's where the saints will be. Well, where does the Bible say that Jesus will be after his return? Well, the book of Zechariah answers that question. We don't have the time to cover the scriptures in this episode, but in the 14th chapter of the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament, Christ's return is described, and it describes him descending to the earth and his feet landing on the Mount of Olives, beginning his rule from that city. Revelation 12 verse 5 adds that he will rule all nations with a rod of iron, nations here on earth. Jesus will be on earth, and his saints who we know will be with the Lord, will be with him here on earth. Revelation 5 verse 10 says they will be ruling also as kings and priests under Christ. Together, Christ and his glorified family will lead the greatest transformation humanity has ever seen. No, the world will not end at Jesus' return, but this age of man's rule will end. Satan, the instigator of sin and suffering, will be banished for a thousand years, and this world will be transformed into a place of peace and justice. The reality of Christ's second coming is our world's greatest and only hope. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifeopentruth.com.